You are listening to the Sober Doc Podcast, achieving maximum health without alcohol. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Thorne, licensed naturopathic doctor. Let's get started. All right. Hello, everyone. We're live now. It's Dr. Aaron Thorne. Thank you so much for being here. Um, the replay will be available in the Facebook group, High Five Sobriety, if you want to get a replay. But you are here because you either registered for the webinar for how to stay sober during the holidays and get some support. Um, and I'm going to answer some questions. So if any of you are here live, please give me a hello or a smiley face and definitely share um, questions along the way, because if I see people asking questions, I will answer them because I know you guys have them out there. Um, and if you have questions after we do this webinar, then please share them in the thread below on the Facebook group, or you can shoot me an email. So we'll just get started. Um, the holidays I've been calling, I've totally coined this term, but I've been calling Halloween the gateway holiday to excessive sugar and booze. And I'm sure you guys can all relate to this because it is, you know, it's summertime, people are outside more, um, we're connecting more. And then as it started to get colder through September and October, we have absolutely started kind of hunkering down, um, maybe eating more sugar. It's a little bit colder, so we're getting outside less, less sunlight, not less vitamin D. And then bam, October hits and we have Halloween and there is an excessive amount of sugar available on all of the aisles at the end of every aisle. Um, and even if we're not doing trick-or-treating anymore because of social distancing, it's still heavily available. Um, my family, I have a two and a four-year-old and we are just gonna hide treats around the yard. And we're having a family that we, um, we socialize with because they share daycares they're going to go to the same, or they're going to come over and they're all going to leave for candy and treats around the, um, our candies are like more like gummy bear type things, you know, but anyways, I digress. Okay. So gateway holiday to excessive booze and sugar. So I know that I have been guilty of this as well, because sugar just sets you up to crave more sugar and it craves you, it sets you up to crave alcohol, to be quite honest, because it causes causes a spike and then a dip in blood sugar. And there is nothing better than um, tossing back a glass of wine or a beer to shoot that blood sugar back up or give you that adrenaline you need to pull, pull yourself up by the bootstraps when you're feeling like crap after eating some cookies or cakes or candy or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, it's really common to just kind of find it a slippery slope, which is why after Halloween, then we have Thanksgiving. My birthday is November 16th, so I have my birthday, Thanksgiving, and whatever December holiday you celebrate, Christmas, Hanukkah, um, and then New Year's, everybody has all this remorse and they are like, oh my gosh, I have indulged a lot. I have maybe gained some weight. I feel terrible. I've fallen off my health track and now I need help. So then everybody does all this crazy like starvation, boot camps, all this nutty stuff to get themselves back in order. But really, if we had fixed, you know, if we'd gone upstream to figure out where this all originated, it would probably be Halloween or when it starts getting colder. So like I said, sugar really, I'm gonna keep looking back and forth at my notes here, but sugar really impacts your cravings for alcohol. So if you can just put a stake in the sand 
and or draw a line in the stand, sand as the expression probably goes and say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not gonna eat sugar this Halloween. I'm gonna not partake in the overindulgence of sugar. And if you're like me, I can't just eat one Reese's. If I eat one Reese's, my brain lights up like a freaking fire fat cracker and I'm gonna eat two, three, four, five, eight, the bag. Kind of like how with alcohol was like one glass, one glass was never enough. One Reese's was never enough. So if you have that tendency, if you have that relationship with alcohol, that relationship with sugar, it's really common. They're, they're very similar um, in the way they behave in the brain. You just kind of have to not okay with not, you know, and not feeling like you're left out. So we'll definitely be talking about that as well. So other things that Im impact your triggers during the holiday are stress. So it's really stressful right now. The election is next week um, and the results of that are going to be unfolding for the next week or so. We're not going to get all the answers on Tuesday like we, we usually do because of all the mail-in ballots. Um, yeah, it seems like a great time to just douse ourselves with sugar and booze to just so we don't have to feel the anxiety that is associated with what's going on, right? I mean, everyone else is doing it. Why aren't you doing it? Why shouldn't you? It's, you know, but it just, it's a slippery slope. I'm just trying to be the whistleblower here and say the sugar and the booze are not going to fix anything. So they make you feel worse. You know, I can tell the patients that I work with, those that are not drinking alcohol and those that are drinking alcohol, because oftentimes the ones that are excessively drinking alcohol and sugar are feeling very hopeless. They're having a lot of depression and anxiety. They have, they don't feel very empowered because alcohol is disempowering. It's not an empowering state to be in. It just, everyone knows that. Deep down, everyone knows that it's just a very temporary fix and it just kind of makes you feel worse. So it's not a way to ma manage stress. We all, we all have this stress like going on. We all have it in different levels. Um, everything's going on. I think I've shared with some of you guys that my daughter um, was recently diagnosed with hearing loss or like significant hearing loss. Um, and that's why her speech isn't developing. And that's been, that's been a huge stressor for me, this pandemic, you know, so I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not um, immune to what's, you know, things that are going on. Like I, I have things going on too, but you can't, alcohol and alcohol and sugar is not something that I'm going to use to cope with it. It's just not. Um, okay. So the holidays can be super triggering because of the people involved with the holidays, relatives, memories, and traditions. So I'm going to kind of bring it back to all four of those. So even though we're supposed to be social distancing, I know that some of you, depending on your comfort level, depending on where you're at during this pandemic, to be quite honest, um, you probably are going to see maybe close relatives, I would assume, um, just because I think we're all craving that. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're going to do all virtual holiday. I have no idea. Maybe that will still be triggering. But I know that um, my mom was always very triggering to me during the holidays because she was always drinking a lot or I was always really worried about her. And so I would, you know, drink or eat a lot of sugar to just kind of douse those feelings of anxiety. And it's really common. So whether you have a mother-in-law, a father-in-law, an aunt, a sister, maybe you have an addict in your life, you know, um, everyone is a little bit not mentally stable, to be quite honest right now. A lot of people aren't. So it's really common to have a lot of triggering people in your life. So acknowledge them, invite them to your holiday. It's just, it's October 30th right now. So you get to like, I'm just, I'm giving you the heads up. I'm reminding you, like these people are coming. They're still annoying. They're still triggering. 
they haven't healed. You know, they're not acknowledging the elephant in the room, like alcohol and sugar, and you need to invite them and just know that they're going to be there because that makes you feel so much more empowered and so much more ready to, to, um, to stay sober or to not eat the, the plate of cookies because <laughs> you're is stuffing them in your face in the corner. Um, it's just important to invite them and know that they're there. So other questions that I got um, and traditions. So traditions can influence the craving. So some people change the way that they drink and eat based on the holidays. So we all know that there's more sugar, more cookies, more cakes, all of that good stuff around the holidays. Um, they're just more plentiful. We, you know, we make gingerbread cookies, we make cinnamon bread pull aparts. I'm gonna try to change that this year, but um, we, there's, there's lots of food traditions, but there's also lots of drink traditions. So for my birthday in the past, um, for ice, uh, I would always go ice skating. I lived in San Francisco and I loved, loved, loved um, ice skating because I'm from Alaska. And I loved getting hot chocolate and spiking it with peppermint schnapps and then going ice skating. And that was kind of my like birthday tradition for a long time when I lived in San Francisco. And you have to find some new traditions to be quite honest. And every time and every, every time and every experience you have that you break through and you, you do create a new tradition or you do survive a holiday sober or you do survive a holiday without binging on sugar and treats, you grow muscles, you grow muscles, you get stronger, your, your brain gets a little bit stronger because you've done it before. It's like you run around this blog, you've run this marathon before, you know, you're not going to die. So it's, it's, you just got to play with it a little bit. So some people in my sober October asked about, um, asked about the intense peer pressure that they're going to get after sober October to remain sober. And if you guys have questions, please feel free to ask those questions um, and I will get to answering them. I would be happy to. But yeah, so the peer pressure intensifies after sober October because what, what comes after sober October? Sober October and dry January are two of the most common months to give up alcohol. And it's, it's pretty acceptable too. People are okay with it, you know? Um, but what happens after sober October? What do I tell my cousin or my friend or my spouse after if I, if I really wanna stop? still. And I'm, I'm like, you know, the truth is, is that if you really need an excuse, you can absolutely say that I, I want to, I want to kick 2020 in the butt. And I feel so good that I, I want to keep going. I want to see how long I can go. You can make it a competition. People love competitions. We as a human race and as a society, we love, love, love competing. We admire people that have goals um, we admire people that stick to those goals and that are determined. So if you're like, you know what, I'm going to try to like, this is a crazy pandemic We're in, we're having a holiday in a pandemic. And I think I'm just not going to have any alcohol or sugar. So I'm going to clean up my body because since March, I have been eating a lot of, um, sugar and booze. Boom. I mean, that's, that's not a, I, I wouldn't question that if I was someone that was still pushing booze on you, but it might not be that easy for you to be quite honest. So it also is your decision, you know? So it is your decision. And I would hope that people don't need to have an, an essay or a dissertation on why you're not going to drink for no November and December. Uh, because 2020 has been a trip and people know that everyone's been overindulging. So right now is kind of the best time to reset from alcohol and sugar because I think people are more understanding of why you would be doing so. At least they are in my mind. So that's what I think. And someone else in my sober October group asked 
is the goal just to so they they made it through the 30 days of sober october and they were like is the goal just to go um alcohol free and sugar free as long as i can like because they all gave up sugar and alcohol in that group and um should i just see how long i can go and i was like ah no 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 like um that's just that's kind of, that's kind of setting yourself up for unknown you know and we need we need known and like i said we need goals we need intentions you need to be intentional about what you're doing so if you want to have a drink on christmas eve say that now and be intentional about that i'm going to have a drink and a cookie on christmas eve and set that intention but whatever your choices or if you're not going to have any drinks um at all and you're just going to have a clean sober sugar-free holiday for the end of 2020 which i feel like would be really healthy for all of us right now um set that intention and then reevaluate you know january 1st and say okay where am i at now what goal do i want to make next maybe i want to try another 30 days in january and go from there and if you've been sober for a long time i haven't really addressed you guys yet um the the holidays can be super triggering i know and the sugar can also increase your cravings for alcohol i know so this is this this all relates back it all relates back it's still just making intention so maybe instead of alcohol your goal is sugar you know you just you have to reset and reorient and think about what your goals are um that's a really big part of it okay so now on to the second half of this is going to be about tools and helpful tips and tricks and intentional things you can do to help reduce your cravings for alcohol and sugar during holidays if that is something that you think would is important for you so the number one i talk about this a lot um is a plan we talked about this so i'm planning not to do this i know i'm going over to my auntie's house or i know that we always make gingerbread cookies or whatever and just make a plan beforehand don't ever just like wing it don't ever just wing it around alcohol and sugar especially when you're starting out it's just it's not a good idea um when i make waffles for my girls in the morning i've been making them pumpkin waffles i have to set the intention before i even walk into the kitchen like i'm not making a sugary waffle for myself right now i'm not having that i can't just decide that in the moment you know okay sleep is huge I know that sleep is like really boring and it doesn't seem like a big mainstay, but sleep actually, it's been shown that people who don't sleep as much actually are, are more obese. And that's because when you don't sleep as much, you're actually more likely to eat about an average of 500 to 700 more calories than someone who gets eight hours of sleep or of restful sleep. So it's so, so important. So if you're not sleeping, if you're staying up till midnight or 2 a.m. during the holidays, on Instagram or on social media or reading the news and you're not going to bed like around 10, which is when your circadian rhythm is, is set to operate and work optimally, then yeah, the next morning you are going to have more cravings than usual, to be quite honest. So if, if that's one easy building block you can add in and just going to bed before 10, that, that would really, really, really help you. Okay. The other thing is, is, um, taking a, taking a walk, taking a lap, getting outside, resetting your brain chemistry. Your brain gets really fixated on things that it can't have, but you gotta shake up the brain chemistry because if you keep focusing on it, then it's gonna be really hard to walk away or to say no. So just walk away, go outside and take a walk, 
take some deep breaths, box breathing. Have you ever done box breathing before? You take a breath in. Hold for four seconds. And exhale. Box breathing can be so helpful. You can do that a couple of times in the mirror. And sometimes, you know what I do? I, <laughs> I will record myself on my phone and talk myself through what's going on what crazy nonsense I'm telling myself about it. And then I play it back and then I'm like, oh, Aaron, you don't need that. You just, just so that's a, that's a really good tool I like too. Um, and then most importantly, to find a buddy or find a community that works for you. So there are lots of people in here. So if you need an accountability buddy in our, in the High Vibe Sobriety Facebook group, ask for one. Ask for one if, if anybody's in your time zone. If you're looking for someone in your time zone, um, and say, does anybody want to be my accountability buddy for the holidays? I think that would be a fantastic thing to do. Um, and then you can have someone to text or someone to message or email whenever you're feeling a certain way. And then you'll have that support and that encouragement back and forth. I love that idea. Um, I wish I had that. And the, most of the reason that I've created all of this information and I love to share it so freely is because I wish that I had this kind of support and this kind of information and someone confident telling me that it's gonna be okay and that follow these tools and you'll get through, you'll get through this holiday. Cause there was definitely a time in my life when I could not imagine not drinking alcohol at Christmas or New Year's Eve or my birthday. I, I literally like mind blown. I could not, I cannot even imagine what that would look like. And now it's just, that's all I can picture it looking like. So you, it, it doesn't have to be that way for you, but that, I mean, that is, that is what a lot of people want to know if there is a light at the end of the tunnel and there definitely is. Okay, so sleep, avoiding triggers. And if you do have to endure the triggers, know where the triggers are. So plan for them. Um, avoiding sugar because sugar causes blood sugar crashes. So it's going to make you crave sugar more. It's gonna make you crave um, alcohol more and it's going to throw your sleep off. That's just what sugar does. Sugar is, sugar, in case you don't know, is it's also refined flours. So if you're um, like bread, some of my patients think that they're like uh, avocado, I don't, I don't know, avocado mustard mayo sandwiches are healthy. And that can be healthy relatively, but sugar is basically like, or bread is like basically kind of like a cookie, <laughs> acts like a cookie in your body. Your body doesn't really know the difference. It still breaks it down into sugars and instant energy. So it does the same thing. I'm not saying to go ketogenic. I'm not a ketogenic person, but the carbohydrates and refined sugars were just never, never, never intended to be in the human human diet for at the rate that we eat it. We just our bodies aren't designed to be able to even process that much sugar in bread. It's pretty crazy that it's so prevalent too. So let's see. Let's take some questions if there are any. And if there are not, um we might wrap up and then I'll add some summary notes afterwards. Um, I'm not finding the questions right now, so I could be missing something. So yeah, if you guys have questions, please drop them in the, um, the High Vibe Sobriety Facebook group. I would be so happy to see them and talk about them even further. Um, I think that this conversation is just the beginning. You know, I was, I did not intend for this, 
webinar to go really, really long. I wanted to touch on some major points and then it's an evolving conversation because as your guys' questions roll in, you guys are gonna have really specific ones about, you know, what about this kind of food or how many times can I have a drink or what if I don't wanna have a drink? You know, there's lots of questions to be answered here. So I would love to be your guide and help you through this. Um, if you aren't in the High Vibes Ready Facebook group, please consider joining. It's an awesome group for finding an accountability buddy. And yeah, well, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Please ask me questions though um, at some point if you have any more. This has been fun. All right. I was going to put my Halloween hat on, but I can't find it. All right. Take care, guys. Happy Friday and have a wonderful Halloween. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you.